try not to be too surprised at some of the things that happen, but I'm going to tell you the the fraudulent PPP loans. I'm I'm puzzled. I can't believe that people who are making six figures a year thought it would be good to scam the government. Uh, Cook County's interim inspector general issued a report saying seven county health department workers were suspected of obtaining COVID-19 benefits fraudulently. Six had resigned. The inspector general for the Chicago Public Schools revealed about 780 CPS employees got PPP loans and a dozen have resigned or been fired after the the district's inspector general found they fraudulently obtained these federal paycheck protection program loans and all but one earned a six-figure salary. As you know, those loans were forgivable. Um, people who applied for loans as sole proprietors often got loans for the maximum amount, about $20,000. Some people got two. Deborah Whitsburg, City Hall's Inspector General, she's basically our city watchdog. She's Chicago's Inspector General. Um, her office examined, Deborah, are you telling me over 350,000 federal COVID loans that were approved in the Chicago area? That's what you had to sift through? That is the pool we started with, and we used that list to match against city actors, um, people coming under OIG's jurisdiction. And we found a, about 1,000 loans, about 1,000 loans issued to people coming under our jurisdiction. And how many of those 1,000 loans appear to be fraudulent in some nature? Well, that's the investigative process that we are undertaking now. We are doing both reactive and proactive work here. We're, we're reacting to complaints and allegations that we're receiving, just as we always do in the course of our investigative work. But we're also doing this proactive data analysis to identify as many, as many people who broke the rules as possible here. Many, though certainly not all, of those 1,000 loans have some indicia of fraud. A federal government watchdog estimated that 17% of the $1.2 trillion doled out in those programs were obtained fraudulently. Do you find that people are coming forward and pointing fingers saying, hey, let me tell you about my coworker? Yes, we're certainly getting some of that. <laughs> uh, Deborah, I am a sole proprietor in another business, and I did receive PPP loans, but I had to go through very strict regulations with my bank, and it was my bank who ended up approving it, right, and saying that this was a legitimate cause, and, you know, they've got a lot of skin in that. So in these cases, is the is it the banks that are responsible, or what is their role here? We're seeing a couple of different things. We're certainly seeing some lending institutions, some of the entities involved here were not the sort of brick-and-mortar, long-standing, credible institutions, but rather sort of fly-by-night institutions. Um, the other thing we're seeing is that there were different documentation thres- thresholds for different loan amounts. So people could, if, if you were applying for a somewhat smaller loan, people may have been able to get those loans without submitting a great deal of documentation for approval. That's one of the indicia of fraud that we're looking at. Your report said disciplinary proceedings have started against a streets and sanitation department laborer. Um, Is that true? Is that someone that you believe has engaged in PPP fraud? Yes, that was the first publishable outcome of this work um, where we found that a city employee had had broken the rules, had applied for and received a loan fraudulently. We will pursue, that was an administrative case. We will pursue some of these cases administratively and some of them criminally. What happens? Um, Criminal charges? Do they have to pay it back? Do they lose their job? 
we recommended termination of that employee. Um, others will be charged criminally. I think with respect to the administrative cases, it's sort of my basic premise that you don't get to both cheat the government and be a government employee. Yeah, we would hope that would be true. Um, so you've spent about a year doing this, investigating pandemic funds and the frauds. And, of course, people want to know how many cops and firefighters are being investigated because for most of us, we hold them to a, a higher level. Absolutely. A moral code. Absolutely. Uh, too early to say there are certainly members of both those departments on this list. We will prioritize these cases on the basis of a number of factors, but among those factors is whether people hold those positions of elevated public trust, as you say. How many disciplinary, how many disciplinary proceedings are underway right now? We can't comment on that, but we will continue to, to report them as they become reportable, just like the one we put out last week. What else can you tell us about this report? I would just say that I would anticipate our, our reporting both, both administrative cases and criminal cases. So there will be people who lose their jobs, and there are some people who will be charged with crimes. And will there be unions who will step in and try and protect them? It remains to be seen. It hasn't happened yet? No. So you've got a thousand more to go. That seems like a daunting task. It does. This will be a prioritization exercise, and we will pursue these cases. How we decide to pursue these cases and which of them will be dependent on things like loan amount and the position held by the person at issue and that sort of thing. Have we seen this type of fraud in cities like New York, L.A., Houston, the other big three? This is a problem of enormous scale across the country. Um, and, and with these public benefit programs, there's a balance to strike where we want to we have low enough barriers to entry that we can get aid to people who need it, but we need enough controls in place to protect against fraud. And that'll be one of the postmortem conversations to be had here is whether the PPP loan program struck that balance correctly. Thank you so much for joining us, De- Deborah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Deborah Witzberg, City Hall, Wells, Chicago's Inspector General. Kind of crazy, right? I can't believe that people thought that they could do that and get away with it. I'm glad that if they did and it was fraud that they are being revealed because we all paid for that. And it's absolutely frustrating. All right. Bill Snyder says, of course, he'll talk about Tom Skilling's retirement. That was the news that shocked us all. Tom usually joins us on Tuesdays, but he's already in Hawaii I love that. He's he's like, not that it wasn't planned, you know. He plans those pretty far out. But my guess is he'll be spending a lot of time in Hawaii come February when he does his last weather cast on WGN-TV. So Bill Snyder on the way. If you got questions about weather, send them my way. 312-981-7200. We'll ask him. He's a great guy. He's been Tom's longtime producer for over 25 years. Steve's News is next on 720 WGN. Lisa Dent, WGN.